0: Welcome everyone to Baking with House of Bread and I am Sheila McCann, your host. I am going to cover fruit pies and we've got a lot of different variations and it's so wonderful this time of year is because we've got fresh strawberries in season. There's blueberries, just pretty much about every fruit you can think of and they're perfect for pies. Now, my personal favorite happens to be strawberry rhubarb pie. So I grew up, and that was one of the things that was we would have in the summer, and I just really like that pie. And I think it's the tartness of the rhubarb uh, combined with uh, the sweetness of these strawberries. So one year, it's about three years ago, I did a big promotion for strawberry rhubarb pie because... National Strawberry Rhubarb Pie Day happens to be June 9th. And in the bakery business, sometimes you need to find stuff to market uh, on social media in particular. I look for like the national holidays. And I can tell you every day has another food item that's a national. (laughs) And so for June, we're doing a uh, strawberry rhubarb pie June 9th and then on um, actually June 12th is peanut butter cookie day, national peanut butter cookie day. So they're kind of funny, but anyway, it is something to talk about and get people to think about the strawberry bird pie and come on in. So I was really happy with the amount of orders I got. What I did is I put it in a newsletter. So we have a newsletter that we send out oh, probably about twice a month. And if you want to be on the newsletter list, You can sign up online at www.houseofbread.com or if you just send me an email at Sheila at houseofbread.com, I'll make sure that you get added to a newsletter list. And then I also put it on Facebook and I think I might even boosted the post. How Facebook works is that you could post as a business, but chances are people aren't really going to see it. Unless you're interacting with the business. So, for example, if you want to see a lot of posts from a particular type of business, make sure you like it or comment or whatnot. And then Facebook algorithms will make sure to show you that post. But if you don't respond at all to a business post and it keeps posting, it assumes you're not interested and then it just doesn't show up in your feed. Anyway, so as a business owner, to try to get the people, I have thousands of people that like my Facebook page um, for House of Bread, but You know, most of them aren't seeing the post, so they want you to pay them money. (laughs) You know, it is a business. So you can do that by boosting your post and just like $5 or $10, you know, not much. You can get a lot more um, exposure for whatever you're trying to promote. So I did a good job at marketing my strawberry rhubarb pie day. We had uh, rhubarb is like it kind of looks like celery, but it's got a reddish tint in it. I was off making my rhubarb strawberry pies. This is about, I think I started about June 1st, you know, because the 9th was the day. Then my my baker supplier, or excuse me, my produce supplier tells me, he goes, we don't have any more rhubarb. So they didn't have rhubarb. And and then I'm like, geez, what am I going to do without the rhubarb? So I called this farmer, I know, because I get a lot of produce. There's a local farmer in San Luis Obispo. And, and he's like, no, I don't have any rhubarb. And. I went to like three different stores. I finally found it at, at Vons, which is like a big commercial grocery store. And of course, I had to pay a lot of money for it. It was like ridiculously priced. I don't remember, but I think it was like 40 bucks a pound. I mean, so it went from like, you know, whatever, five bucks a pound, like eight times as much. or It was just crazy. And I kind of wondered if I was <laughs> even made any money on those pies with the amount of the rhubarb cost. So my lesson learned is make sure you get the ingredient of whatever big promo you're going to do for some product. Pies are great for a picnic. So we have our fall pies and then we also kind of revisit it in the spring when we start getting all that fresh fruit. And I will say that it's nice because the pies will last I mean, you can put the pie three days on the counter. So we sell our pies for a couple days. And honestly, I don't think it's ever, we have a, a kind of an expired rack. It's not considered old, but it's expired. And I don't think pies have ever gone on there. So we usually sell them pretty quick. It is something that you can last longer if you put it in the refrigerator. And I really, I like having them in the bakery because it doesn't cannibalize your bread sales. So, for example, if I introduce another type of, you know, whole grain loaf, well, they're not going to buy, you know, harvest grain, nine grain or, you know, whatever we do different kind of seeded whole grains and honey whole wheat. They're just just going to buy like one loaf of bread for making their sandwiches. But now if you introduce pies, they're going to still buy their loaf of bread and they're going to buy a pie. Now it was one of those things that um, I didn't do pies for many years after opening the bakery. And I think because I was a little intimidated by it, I just assumed it took a, like a long time. And I also thought that, well, it's pretty easy to go out and buy pies. I mean they're, all, they're in all the grocery stores, and you know I will tell you though, just like bread, it, there's a big difference in taste. So homemade pies taste better. I like the real butter crusts. And, you know, the ones in the grocery store, you know, they're frozen, so easy to pop in the oven and out. There is some local bakeries I know that do the same thing, but really take the time to make pie right. And I can guarantee you that it's easier than you think. And you really can taste the difference. Now, all that being said, I recognize that we don't live in a perfect world and not everybody has a perfect amount of time to make their own pie crust. Simple way to get a really good pie is just to buy the crust and not the filling. So you don't want to buy the whole pie. If you buy the whole pie and put it in the, in the oven, it's, it's really not going to be that great. And because you think about it, when did they freeze that pie and then how they get it here, they transferred it and whatnot. But anyway, so the pie crust, they have improved a lot, spend a little bit more money and go ahead and buy that pie crust. And then really all you're doing is mixing a few simple ingredients and some fruit, and then you're good to go. And I will tell you that I think I was a little intimidated because you see all these pies and they look so beautiful and and well that and so uniform. And you know, that's what manufacturing does. So it's machines doing these pies. So of course they look all uniform. So now I'm not embarrassed that the pies at House of Bread, they look a little off sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes the crust is a little uneven. So I look at that. That's just natural. That's not bad. That's just natural. And it's easy to fix. So, you know, just part of the process is plan that you're going to tear your pie shell a little bit. And it's just an easy fix. Just put your finger in some cold water and then just press it into the tear gently. And then you'll see it kind of merge back together again like magic. And if you think of it this way, everyone rolls out a little uneven and you're likely, you know, you have to do a batch job. You know, there's going to be something that might be a little bit, um, you know, disfigured or whatever. But once again, think of that as authentic and natural. And like I said, cold water works really wonderful just pushing it together, a little movement from your hands. You'll massage it in there and you'll never know it. Key to a good pie crust is to use real butter that is cold. So the cold butter, it's ideal for baked goods that should be crisp. That's why you use cold butter in, if you want that flakiness, like you want it in your scones and whatnot. And the butter that's straight from the fridge doesn't get fully incorporated into the batter. Instead, it gets broken down into small pieces through your dough, and then during the baking process, the steam releases those pockets and then you get the flaky layers. And butter is about 18% water. So that's where you get that steam released. Now oils, they often have a higher melting point than butter and will allow for an even flakier crust. However, my personal preference is I don't like the oil. I don't think it tastes as good as butter. But of course, if you're vegan and you can substitute vegetable oil or canola oil, I just wouldn't use olive oil because it tastes, well, it has a stronger taste. It's not necessarily complementary to fruit pies. <laughs> now, if you want to make an olive pie, and that has happened, we did um, an olive festival. We made olive pies with feta cheese and and uh, rosemary and capers, and it was pretty delish, but it wasn't sweet it was kind of more of a savory pie now i will also talk to you about lard lard is made from hogs and for whatever reason i don't want to use a fat from a hog it could be that saying there's a kind of a saying in america you have to call someone likes fat they call them lard ass so whatever so maybe that's it i don't know but i don't i'm okay with butter you know from a cow but i don't like lard even though I researched it, lard has more monounsaturated fat at 60% versus butter, which is at 45%. So that monounsaturated fat, that's the better fat for you. Okay, so if you have a food processor, it can save you some time, but you don't need it. So in the food processes where I'd start, like I said, it's super easy, but you have to be careful with machinery because sometimes the machinery can heat dough up and then your butter kind of gets mushy and you just don't get as flaky as a pie crust so what i would do is just do more of a pulsing and so usually those machines have a pulse section just pulse it until you get it oh into that ball and the butter is what you want to s- start with then that should be more like a pea size okay it doesn't have to be round like a pea it just has to be about that size it can also use a pastry cutter. And a pastry cutter, if you think of it this way, it kind of looks like a uh, oh, a stirrup in, on a saddle. And, you know, it's round and has um, metal rings on the bottom. And they're super cheap. You can get them for like 10 bucks on Amazon. And if that doesn't, you don't want to get one of those, you can use a cheese grater. I mean, somehow you got to get that butter up into pea-sized shape. And lastly, a paring knife will work too. I mean, sometimes i end up traveling and I tend to have more time to actually do some home baking <laughs> and believe it or not, I kind of like it. And I like to um, I'll do that for my friends or family or whatever. And so I've used a paring knife. It, it's just got to cut the butter up and so that it'll be fully incorporated with all the other dry ingredients. And there's also butter in this fruit pie recipe I'm going to give you that you put on top at the very end. And that doesn't have to be just as small. You just want to kind of cut it up so it's e- evenly spread around the pie. The recipe I'm going to give you is going to make four pie shells. So it's enough for two full pies. And I wanted everybody to have two full pies of a top and a bottom. Uh, because you can actually, sometimes you can fit in four pies in these hobo modes. Um, two you've got a safe bet so pretty much everyone can fit two pies so it's a top and a bottom for this recipe so it's going to be four shells however I'm also going to talk to you about doing a more of a streusel topping and that one is very popular at the bakery and probably because it adds a lot more sugar butter and oats and a little cinnamon it's kind of sweeter and oh it's a little higher in calorie too but I kind of like the fruit pies with just a lattice top because it's a little less crust and it doesn't have that streusel topping and i can really taste the fruit so it's really pretty much the fruit and the crust but i can tell you that our streusel pies with the topping they sell better if you want to do let's say two of the streusel pies then you're gonna have two extra pie shells and you can freeze them pretty well what i would do is just get an extra You you want to use a pie, either a pie pan, or you can actually, don't even need a pie pan. You can use parchment paper. Just put the pie shell in parchment paper with a little flour, then put another parchment paper on top, and you can put the other shell in there. Or let's say you could do one streusel topping for one pie, and then you could do a lattice on another pie. So just remember, you're going to get about four disks or pie Top or bottoms. In your mixing bowl, or you can use it in a food processor too, you're going to put in the flour, sugar, and salt. And it's five cups of all-purpose flour. And if you have pastry flour or cake flour, that's just fine. It's got, those have a little bit lower gluten content and pie crusts like quick breads and scones and muffins and whatnot. You don't really want to develop gluten because it comes more chewy and we're more into the soft and flaky. But in the end, if all you got is bread flour, then use it. And I'm pretty sure that 90% of people are not going to be able to tell the difference. Just be extra careful not to over-mix the ingredients to avoid creating that tough tougher gluten web. Two tablespoons of white granulated sugar. I don't recommend any more sugar as if sometimes... Well, you could sprinkle some sugar on top if you really want to add more sugar. Um, but like I said... I. I tend not to like things to taste so sweet. I really want the fruit to taste. just kind of like a little sweeten up the fruit a little bit. And that's why there's only two tablespoons of white granulated sugar in this recipe, which is one tablespoon, you know, per pie. Two teaspoons of salt. Now, any kind of table salt will do. And if you I have dietary restrictions, you can cut it out too would avoid that rock salt or the Himalayan pink salt they're just too big and they don't really disperse evenly so you just mix the sugar salt and flour before add it in the butter and this will just help you to not over mix the dough and it will disperse the sugar and salt more evenly okay so now after you got all those dry ingredients mixed now you're going to add in the cold butter this for, is for two pies and it's going to be two cups of cold butter which is usually two of what you want to think about is this is where you're going to have to cut that up so you can pulse the cold butter into the flour mixture and it's going to start resembling like well i don't know like coarse peas i don't know why they always use that analogy it's pea shaped but, <laughs> but you see it in all kinds of recipes uh, but you get the idea it's small and like i said you don't want to over process the batter or whatever you call it dough at this stage because you don't want that heat for the motor melting the butter and so once your mixture is crumbly now you're gonna add in your water and so what you want to do is take a cup of cold water right to keep that butter cold and you just pour it in slowly and then kind of pulse it and pretty soon that dough is gonna form a ball and then soon it'll come off the sides of the bowl when you get it to that stage is what you want to do is you want to take it and put you hold it in a ball so it's not going to be a sticky mess if it's a sticky mess you need to add a little more flour but so that's why i want you to start with just pouring a little bit of water at the time because it's it's easier to add water at this stage than flour just hold back some of that water and then pour until you get into a ball so now you take the dough out of the bowl and you're going to divide it into four different for different pieces. And what I would do is just kind of hand form each piece into like a flat disc, you know, know, about an inch high or so. And then you're gonna roll it out later. And I wouldn't worry about getting exactly round or an inch high, just shape it quickly to avoid manhandling it and melting the butter. And now you're gonna wrap the dough in plastic and let it rest for about an hour or so in the refrigerator. And while it's resting, you can work on making your filling. And so after about an hour, you want to take out your dough disc. And now here's where you roll it out with the rolling pin. Assuming you're going to use a nine-inch pie shell. And you can use an eight-inch or whatever else. But the tip I learned with this rolling out of these pie shells is just take your your tin, your pie shell tin, or if you have a pan and you roll it out the best you can, and it's kind of a turn and roll. So you're getting it. You know, you need it about 11 inch diameter or at least 10 inches because you're going to put it over there, over the pie rim, right? And crimp it. And what you want to do is just kind of roll it out and rotate. And then you can take your pan and put it upside down. And remember, it's got to be at least another inch around it because your pie shells go in. So even try it for about 10 and a half to 11 inches. That'd be even better. Your pie shell pan, put it on whatever you rolled out, and you just need another diameter of about another inch and a half. And then an easy way to get it into the pipe pan is to just to fold it. What I would do is put your pie pan over the over what you rolled out and then just cut. So you just cut your circle, right, for your pie. Um, and then you know brush off any flour or whatever and then kind of shake it off and now you fold the pie crust in half okay so fold it in half and then fold it in a quarter and now you take the pointy end of the folded pie crust and you put that in the middle of your pan and you slowly unfold and before adding your filling is when i would suggest that you can decorate the sides of the crust and you don't have to once again this is just decorations um, but we do have a saying in the bakery business that people buy with their eyes first and they certainly taste with their eyes first, too. So before you eat, when you eat anything, think about it. You're, it's already tasting good if it looks good. <laughs> it's a simple thing to do is just kind of crimp with your hands, you know, like your in, index finger and your thumb and kind of pinch around. And you can also use a fork to make a wrap, uh, make your fork marks around the rim. And I've also heard of, but I've never done this, is people have used like beads or pearls. Somebody told me that tip and it's supposed to be super easy. And you put it around the rim of the pie and just press in those pearls. And I'm sure the pearls will survive. You know, I'm sure they'll wash off fine. I mean, kind of got to remember they were were inside an oyster. (laughs) But same time is that, I? you know, I don't really want to have beads and pearls around the bakery. Now, I thought about it because I actually have Mardi Gras beads, but I don't like things like that around the bakery because I'm also paranoid that the, the bead thing's going to break and I'm going to have beads in a dough. So we're pretty careful about what we put on that doubt dividing table. Like, I don't like bread twist ties on there, no safety clips, because sometimes we'll use that for like an office work. You know, you put on papers there, and I don't want anything on there that could potentially not get cleaned off and then end up in somebody's loaf. And this has happened. This is why I keep my dough table clean, and I don't want any beads on there. The um, twist ties is what we tie our bread with. Somebody came back with one that ended up in their their loaf of uh, garlic cheddar. So not a good selling point. Okay, at this stage, after you've got it decorated, now you're going to work on your filling. If you're going to do a traditional pie with another pie crust on top, this is where you're going to refour, flour your rolling service and just repeat what you did. Just roll it out and then you're going to put it on top. And if you want to do a lattice, this is where you're going to, what I would do is take your disc. You still end up doing a disc because even when you're making a lattice pie, it um, every strip, I'd make it at least an inch thick because if you end up doing too thin it kind of breaks on you and um, but you have longer and shorter ones just to meet the circumference of your nine inch pie crust and if you're doing a lattice I'm going to give you a link because there's a lot of good videos out there that can describe it better than me but you know it looks like oh my gosh how did they do that take so long now uh, I am uh, I just filmed my ba- baker on a, I did a Facebook live feed of my baker making lattice pie crust. I mean, he did, he did four pie crusts in I mean, less than five minutes. And so it really isn't that hard. Um, and it's, it's just harder the first time, <laughs> but I don't want you to be intimidated by that lattice pie crust. Watch a video, it's pretty easy. Um, and if you do want to decorate, if you wanna use your whole pie, crust for the top it's kind of fun you can um, put little you know whatever if you want to do an apple pie you can put a picture of an apple or cut out an apple shape or a strawberry pie Um, you can do smiley faces you know whatever you want to do but you will need some slits on top of that pie crust because that's going to release the steam and if you give it an escape route that's where the steam's going to go if you don't give it an escape escape route then it tends to blow out (laughs) in wherever you want and wherever it doesn't really look good it's kind of the same thing as scoring in bread doughs that's one of the reasons you score you know yeah it can be for looks but it also allows the bread to uh the steam to escape there too so it's going to push out on you and you might as well have a plan where you want it to push out on you in a pie shell it should be a slit in every quadrant so there should be four per pie. What I would do then is I'd egg wash the entire thing. So if you can using a lattice or if you're using a whole pie or if you're just going to use the rim, then I would egg wash that. And, and if you like extra sugar and you have some coarse sugar, which even looks better, you can just sprinkle a little bit on top like snow. So you egg wash first and then put a little bit of sugar on it. And if you want to do more of a crumb topping, I'm going to give you that recipe as well. So that's what you would put on afterwards. So you put all your fruit in there. Um, And one tip too is that I made the mistake once of, of making my fruit pies like I do the pecan pies. So the pecan pies, we put, I measure out the pecans and put them on the bottom of the pie. And then it's a mixture of, well, it's like corn syrup and brown sugar and butter. And you basically pour that on top because remember in Commercial business, I'm making, you know, we're making like 10 pies at a time. And so anyway, and I tried that with the fruit pies. I just put, oh, I'll just put, because it's four cups of fruit per pie. I just put the fruit on there in the bottom. I was making a strawberry pie. I have to remember this. And then I just evenly divided up the flour and the sugar and salt. I mixed that all together first. Okay. Then I just kind of evenly divided it. But the problem was you could see it. So it didn't blend well with the fruit. So I wanted people, and I did a last pie, so um, you could see through there. And you just saw like white stuff, you know, like white flour and sugar and a little bit of fruit, of course, but it didn't look as good. We learned to do is to, so you take your, you know, your three ingredients, your flour, sugar, and your baked powder and salt, four, I guess. And then you mix all those together and then throw in your fruit and just kind of toss it. So your fruit is sort of tossed in that mixture and then when you add the butter it it goes away and so it kind of disappears a bit and and then your your fruit stands out more so so that's the lesson there for the crumble topping i'm going to tell you one for two pies two pies would be two cups of pastry flour two cups of oats two-thirds of a teaspoon of salt two cups of brown sugar and two teaspoons of baking powder the same thing here, too, is that you're going to take in some cold butter, two cups of cold butter and pea size shape, and then add it into all those ingredients. And then you're just going to divide it between two pies. And you can see why this is pretty popular, because basically per pie has one cup of brown sugar, um, one cup of oats, and one cup of butter. And so it does add a lot of, um, some, well, some good flavor, too. Um, and your fruit pies, it's basically four cups of for each pie. You can do any kind of combination you want. I mean, I like fresh fruit, so I try to do whatever's in season. There's blueberries, strawberries, cranberries, apples, rhubarb, peaches, pears, whatever you can find that's in season. Just chop it up and basically it's four cups. If you don't live in an area where you can get fresh fruit, then frozen fruit works fine. You just want to make sure that you thaw it first and then drain it. Okay, so draining is the big thing, because if you take, you know, frozen raspberries out of the freezer, then they're nice and whole. Right. And then by the time you thaw them, the liquid comes out of it and you don't want a mushy pie. So lesson is anything that's frozen needs to be thawed and drained completely. And then what I would recommend is on each fruit pie you're gonna put a tablespoon of butter. And that's not a lot of butter. So it's just one tablespoon per pie. Now, if you wanted to add like a tablespoon and a half, that's fine, but cut it in pieces and make sure every quadrant of your pie gets a little butter. And and like I said, if you're doing the crumble topping, you got a whole cup of butter in there. You don't need to add any butter to the pie. So just the fruit pie, add a tablespoon of butter per pie after you get all your filling in there. And then you can put your lattice on or a whole pie crust. And I, like I said, I'm going to put a, under the show notes. There's a good recipe in allrecipe.com. It's under blueberry pie recipe that you can watch them make a lattice top. Um, and like I said, it's easier than you think. Now, I'm excited to announce that we are going to start resuming in-store baking classes. One nice thing about COVID-19 is that it really allowed me a chance to actually do this podcast <laughs> Because I had it in mind to do for, oh, maybe two years. And, you know, I just basically didn't find the time. And then we do in-store baking classes. I actually have someone else that teaches them for me. We have them, you know, generally every week. And then they actually sell out because it really is easier to learn to bake when someone shows you. Um, and then we limit it the class size to seven people. Um, so we're going to start some more series. We're hoping to start those by the end of the summer. I'm in California in June 15th. They're starting to opening up more restrictions. This COVID pandemic has been quite the um, interesting experience to say the least. And But just when you think, oh, because I I canceled all my classes. Well, actually, everyone else canceled on me. So I had a whole series uh, planned out for last April, May. Of course, people canceled. I certainly don't blame them. I gave them 100% refund. And then I thought, okay, well, I put on my website oh, there'll be classes again in July. Well, July didn't happen. And then I did it again for the fall because our holiday baking time is a lot more interest in baking. And then as you all know, the pandemic wasn't them by then. So I don't want to say a date, but I'm hoping in this summer to start launching more of the in-store baking classes. And like I said, I also filmed them. So if you want to take an online class, you certainly can. Or if you want to know more about House of Bread, I will include links there or the franchise opportunity. We also have a YouTube page. I really appreciate you listening. I know that time is very valuable. um, And I hope that I taught you a thing or maybe just gave you a tip. And on that note, everybody, happy baking.